Hi, everybody. This is Jim Cornette, pro wrestling legend, and you're listening to the Book in the Territory Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. This is the artist formerly known as Daryl Van Horn, James Mitchell, the Sinister Minister, and I'm here to let you know I would rather slam my cock in a car door than to miss the dulcet tones of Hard Body Harper, my illegitimate son on Booking the Territory podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of Smoky Mountain Wrestling Podcast. This is Smoky Mountain Wrestling, episode 190, September the 16th, 1995. We are really getting down close to the end, the last 10%. Oh, I'm sorry, last 5% of uh, this promotion. So anyway, Doc, um, yeah, episode 190, Booking the Territory, the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast for Smoky Mountain. How you doing, man? We are, man, we are here, man. We are in the last 5%. You know, there's not many, there's not many, there's not many podcasts or groups of fellas or even just people you meet in life that have the commitment to do something that's, takes this long to get through. I was talking to Mrs. Doc earlier today and she's like, what are you going to do when this is over? And I was like, absolutely nothing. Breathe. Right. Right. But. You know, a couple of things to mention here. We don't have Bobby with us today. We are trying to make a little bit of, uh, because the world is in an uncertain place, we're trying to get, a. we have some time, we're going to get some episodes cut so that as you're at home, uh, bunkered down and, and, and living through this coronavirus, you have some content. Um, hey, if we, if we haven't let all the things that have happened to us the last five years stop the train, the coronavirus ain't going to stop it either. We're going to keep on putting out content. So we don't have Bobby with us, but we really do want to appreciate Bobby for joining us and thank him the last few weeks because, I mean, his insight into a lot of these things from you know what was going on in the promotion and from his perspective being there was really some invaluable insight. And not to mention, he's just a fun guy to hang out with, so... Uh, we do want to thanks thanks to Bobby. We're a little uncertain now on what the last nine ten episodes look like. I will tell you this: I was expecting this episode to be a deep, like the cliff that we're talking about have been projecting. But I don't want to give anything away in terms of awards at the end. But I thought this was a really pretty strong episode, and I enjoyed it. So. Um, if you need to do any business or whatever it is that you do, maybe you should do that, and we could go ahead and uh, hit the ring, pal. Well, yeah, I wanted to mention, uh, first I wanted to thank Bobby. Um, Doc and I are actually recording this not on a typical day we record it, so we're kind of like, um, there's a lot going on in the world, so we're shifting some schedules around to get this done, and that's why Harper's not here. Uh, and that's why Bobby's not here either. So we're, it was just, that's main reason why it's the two of us. We enjoyed having Bobby the last six weeks and, um, we'll see if we can get him back. It just really, honestly, it depends on the state of the world, uh, which has taken a bit of a turn in the last few weeks and we'll leave it at that. So yeah, that's, that's one thing I wanted to say. So thank you, Bobby, for your contributions. It was fun having you and you are right. I do need to take care of some business. Uh, shout out to Disrespectfully Classy, Marky Blassie, Kyle Riley, Mike Childry, Joe Ice for your generous patronage each and every month. And this is taping number one from Cookville, Tennessee at the Cookville Community Center, drawing 400 people, if you believe what the internet says, as we jump so into wait, wait, episode wait, wait, 190. So this was a new venue? I don't, I mean, we have, I'm sure we've been here before. But I mean, like, 
new in the series, right? Oh, yeah, like technically we finally jumped to a, a new venue. I, I okay. see what you're saying. That's yes. what I, that's what that's what I mean. So, okay, well, it looked suspiciously like the other one except it just got darker. So, um cuz I actually yeah, had cool. a note I have a note in the first match that said, so the sun must have gone down at this place. So uh, well, I guess I guess it's that they shifted venues. Good to know. One shithole to another. That's nice, Doc. According to my research, this is taping number one from Cookville, Tennessee. Now you got me doubting it when you, when, when you say that. but No, no, now that you say that, it makes perfect sense. I watched this this morning. I had a lot going on in the house because you know how it is when you're trying to watch wrestling and there's family that wants you to like be a part of the family. <laughs> so, yeah, the taping number one, Cookville, Tennessee, Cookville it is Community dark Center, in there. Look at that. You could really like you could sit there in the stands and finger bang your date. and Nobody would know of it. It's very dark. The only lights are the, the ring lights, uh, the four four that are at the corner. So, yeah, it's well, very dark. And- and Cookville is a, and I'm not gonna unless you just want me to, but it's a uh, no, don't don't. It's a don't. well, no, I'm just it's a town of thirty thousand people, so I mean that's a sizable, a sizable community. So that's a sizable community for for Smokey. I mean, we've been places that are only you know twelve hundred people, thirteen hundred people. So of course, yes, that's a big place. Uh, all right, well, so and yeah, so there's a there's a college there too. That's pretty awesome. Well, okay, 30,000 people, you would generally have a college here, probably. Let's move there. You know that that's also um, the place where Mac Brown was, was uh, born. I did not know that, but I don't really care. Well, you're, you're just, you know, you don't have a <laughs> lot of in it, what, what we would refer to. Uh, J.J. Reddick was born there. It, it seems you want to give out demographics, even though this is the dumbest part of the show. I thought you thought the government cheese was. I mean, the disability checks. You don't like the disability check. That. The disability checks just wore me down. Everything wears you down. You no, you're not you're the so, one who gets sixty emails a week going. Why did you rank this episode eight and this one eight point three? And I'm thinking, I don't even remember what happened in episode number eighty specifically that would make me say eight point three. Three point four percent of those people will be dead inside by the time this episode comes out. So you'll be fine. So we're we're gonna get into this show. All right. Hey, Les, hey, 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 Les is back. Les and Chip open up the show. There's no opening. They go straight to the ring where we see Killer Kyle and Larry Santo. Killer Kyle in a ridiculous singlet, a uh, zebra print, is going up against the dirty white boy and Tracy Smothers, the thugs. And my note is the thugs win with a double buck snot blaster on Larry Santo. Buck snort, not snot. Right. I was going to have to clean that up there for you. Um, yeah, so Kyle has another gimmick, apparently, even though we don't know what it is. Uh, and he's back to doing jobs. So, man, that guy has, has had a lot of gimmicks, huh? He was in the union. He's been the... New York mob dude. He's it's just he's had his share of. He was a he's been a utility player. He's been everywhere. He's been he okay. And, he and, he did well, the New he, York. He did the mob thing, I guess, in the beginning. Gangsters union. The union. Now this, I don't even think he's anything here. He's just a a light skinned African American man in a 
zebra singlet. Literally. Kind of sounds like you. Um, so, um, <laughs> are you struggling? What's wrong? I thought you said this wasn't too bad. Uh, it's, all of a sudden, I got a tickle in my throat, and I'm starting to feel a little tightness in my chest. Uh, no, I just I. Kyle was in what episode one? First match, him and Robert First Gibson. Match. Him and Robert Gibson. So yeah, we've seen a lot from him. Les has been completely missed. I I didn't know how much I would I had missed Les until I heard his voice, and it's good to have him back. Friend of the show, Les Thatcher. How about that? Tells us he'll come back on anytime. We've made so many friends in this process, except for. You know, you and I have stopped being friends, but that's okay. Yeah, okay. Um, we've had double. Les, we've had Tracy, we've had Cornette, we've had Bobby. I mean, we've had a lot of Smoky Mountain talent on his show over the years. When is Horner? That's going to be the one that. <laughs> that's going to be the one that uh, takes the cake. Well, you told me one time, I'll let that motherfucker have it, and I said, "Don't say that until he gets on the air," and so you know. Sure, you say so. All right, I mean, I asked you 10 minutes ago if you had anything from this match, and you're still not, I, not I saying nothing like about the, the match. Du- I like the double buck snort blaster for the pin. I thought that was good, too. It was good. It was good. These guys are mad because of everything that happened to them at Super Bowl they're Wrestling. Work, they're, they're worked up. They've worked themselves into a bit of a shoot, which is there's nothing wrong with that as we watch Robert Gibson uh, break up a fight in his black underwear, barefooted again. Wow, this is terrible. All right, I'm just, I'm just happy that later on in the episode he's put on some pants. Thank God, right? Thank the <laughs> Lord. All right, so what Doc is talking about here is, uh, like we said, Dirty White Boy, Tracy Smothers, the Thugs. They defeat Killer Kyle and Larry Santo in the opening match. We then see a replay of the attack on the Heavenly Bodies by the Thugs uh, at Fire on the Mountain, the one that was back you know, backstage or, uh, you know, in the dressing room when we saw Robert Gibson in his uh, black undies trying to break up a fight with the heavenly bodies and the thugs. We then go straight from that to a promo where we've got the, the thugs, Tracy and Dirty White Boy. They've got something to say after their match. Here it is. And, of course, we just saw yeah. what happened when you guys attacked the heavenly bodies after the fact. Tony, they're telling me now that Pritchard has seen a specialist. I don't care who he's seeing because people's going around saying, you all tried to break his leg. Well, you're damn right. I tried to break it because I hit him as hard as I could with that board, and I thought I heard the bone pop, but it didn't. But everybody's saying, that's not right. Well, was it right for Jimmy Cornette to smother me out with ether? Was it right for them to screw us out of the tag team titles? Was it right when they take that tennis racket and tee off on you? Well, no way. It's all coming to a screeching halt. Ain't that right, Wild Lad? You got that stuff right. What we got to do, white boy, is we've got to turn a negative into a positive. We got to use the same teamwork that we used on those two great athletes right there if we want to get them tag team titles back. Heavenly Bodies, Jim Cornette, you're a great tag team. You caught us off guard at the Super Bowl. Emotional stress due to the situation with Ricky Martin. We weren't prepared for it, but we did what we had to do to win that match, man. And you smothered my man out here with ether. Dr. Tom, I apologize you on that table, and I know your neck still feels it, but you still had the, the intestinal fortitude to stop me from getting back in that ring, tie me up in the ropes. Hey, we didn't even have time 
to celebrate those titles, man. We're going to get them back. Go to by get the them good back. grace of God and the support of the fans and just a little bit of love. Thugs, please, 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 Sparks are going to fly with heavenly bodies and the thugs tangle. We'll be back right after this. All right. I thought that was pretty good from Tracy. I like, uh, I like Tracy. You know, he said, look, man, you caught us off guard. And I mean, there's some truth to that. If you really play it into the storyline with the whole Ricky Morton situation. I mean, Morton gets fired and all of a sudden they went from facing the rock and roll to the heavenly bodies. So they did get caught off guard. So storyline wise, that was, that was true. What did you have from it? Emotional distress, huh? Of course. Anxiety, yeah. emotional distress. Yeah. All that stuff. I got you. Uh, so there's a couple of things being presented here. Uh, you know, the white boy's like, did we do it? Well, hell yeah, we did it. Why wouldn't we do it? <laughs> so I, I was, I was just wondering, do you consider yourself more of a fight fire with fire, dirty white boy kind of guy? Or do you see yourself as more of a two wrongs don't make a right? No, I mean, you do me wrong and, and I get back at you. That's just what happens. Oh, okay. No, I'm not going to spend my life trying to get back at you. But I mean, you're asking a loaded question. I mean, there's there's no there's no easy answer to what you're asking. Uh, like, OK, no. if somebody's if you're, if you're standing in the street and somebody just punches you in the jaw, you're just going to turn the other cheek. And I don't look. No. Come on. Okay. Most people aren't going to do that either. All right. Well, uh, man, I, I thought. Mean, what are you? Okay. No, no. I want you to ask yourself that same question. I follow the teachings of our Lord to turn the other cheek. Sure you do. I've never seen somebody work themselves up more in a shoot than life than you do. And you talk about turning the other cheek. Anyway, I thought lot, Tracy more was, more lies I, and horse shit. But that's just my take on your take that you just gave. Well, see, you just called me a liar, and I've decided to turn the other cheek. Mm -hmm. So, uh, sure you did. You know, I, I Tracy's fired up here, and he's he's the good grace and the you know the whole. He he damn near pulled out the whole library of ducks on June bugs and north and south and east and west and, I mean he was doing his old spiel, but uh, he had the legs one of, he had the legs shaking again at the pulpit. Boy, he was he was bouncing on that one leg. Yeah, what uh, one thing Bobby and I talked about a couple of weeks ago was the fire on the mountain song, and and we, he was saying it was Marshall Tucker. I was saying it was Charlie Daniels. We were both right. Um, I went back and did some looking on that, and basically it was originally written for Charlie Daniels, but Marshall Tucker recorded it. So that's kind of the. I just want to clear that up for the people so that you don't get a bunch of hate mail that says. Tell Doc that Fire on the Mountain was Marshall <laughs> Tucker. I know. Okay. So, um, yeah, this is, this is. Bro, hey. I get on at minimum, at minimum between Twitter, Facebook, and email for this show. I get at minimum 10 to 15 things a week. Yeah. People want me to pass on to you. Imagine, <laughs> Im imagine how many Conrad gets. That's at minimum weekly. About he's 10 got to he's got what like fifteen shows and all that. Man, God, that's just I just shut it down. But you're not now. you're not following though. It's it's not messages for me. It's hey, pass this on the doc. And I'm like I'm like 
Well, how come Bruh, you don't ever pass secretary. them along? How, how come you don't ever compile them and send them over? Bruh, you don't understand. One, I don't have the time to do it. Two, inside of preparing for the shows and posting the shows. And two, I can't, there's no way I'll ever remember. that. There's too many. Too many come. Oh. And some of them are death wishes to you, so I wouldn't pass it on to you anyway. Why? I Tell that stupid son of a bitch, if I ever see him, I'm going to whoop his ass. No, you're not. He Come ain't on. shit. He talks a lot of game, but he ain't worth the crap. You need what to replace we... him. Okay, so first of all, let's let's address that. And I'm going to try to do it in a calm fashion so that we can de-escalate this situation. We've been doing this for almost five years, people. If I was going to get replaced, don't you think it would have happened by now? <laughs> so there's that. There's that. <laughs> Second of all, and I've explained this over the last year, year and a half. Did I work a heel gimmick for a while on y'all? Yes. Did it work? Apparently so. But it was in an effort to be what? So we could be different. We're unprofessional. Am I walking around out there to my wife and kids and calling them cunts and beat bags of yeast and all that kind of stuff? No. Is there a side of Mike and Harper and I that are like this that's unprofessional that when we get together it naturally comes out? Of course. But, dude, for the most of our lives, we're just dudes that have families that are going to work, and this is our hobby. So everybody needs to enjoy it and come along for the ride. It's okay. A, you know what? Him, him upset. You know, just if you live in the Smoky Mountains, yeah, I hear it's one of the most beautiful parts of the country. I was just talking to a guy a couple of weeks ago from Kentucky, and he was telling me, man, you need to go take the kids. I was like, that sounds like a really good idea. There's no joke there. I love it. I love that it's it's there's mountains and trees, and I hate I hate that your economies have been hollowed out by globalism. But that's not my fault. Oh boy, here we go. So, can we get so back can to we, the show? Yeah, can we just get? I mean, I don't hold any ill will against any of you. <laughs> <laughs> sure, you don't. <laughs> I I really don't actually. <laughs> All right, uh, so we need to set some law and order in place here. Can you can you get some? Can you get the the sheriff on the phone here? Maybe a commissioner. Speaking of the commissioner, as it was a pretty nice transition right there, Doc. Uh, we have a prepared statement from Bob Armstrong here, so let's see what what this is all about. And it may have had something to do with uh, a lot of the shenanigans that's been going on. Here it is. Well, the recent chaos in Smoky Mountain Wrestling has resulted in action by the commissioner, Bullet Bob Armstrong. Let's take a look at this statement released by Bullet Bob. Because of all the recent chaos and turmoil in Smoky Mountain Wrestling, I've let a lot of things slide. We've had problems with Ricky Morton. We've had problems with the USWA. We've had all kind of legalized problems. This is wrestling, not legal turmoil. We're going to get something straight, and I'm going to get it straight starting now. And I've got a prepared statement, so listen closely, wrestlers and fans. The most blatant offenses against the Smoky Mountain Wrestling in past months have been the vicious beating of Buddy Landell by the militia in Barberville, Kentucky. The militia consisting of the Punisher, Terry Gordy, Tommy Rich, and Jim Cornette, and also the dressing room attack on Tom Pritchard by Tracy Smothers and the Dirty White Boy. 
Now, these events have crossed the line. As a result, Punisher, Gordy, Rich, Cornett, and Smothers, and Tony Anthony have each been fined $1,000 each. And those fines were my uh, decision, and they will stay my decision. And they'll be extracted from their purses in wrestling, so there's no way they'll get out of paying them, if you know what I mean. In addition, there are two new mandatory fines in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Anyone striking a referee or other official in a match will be automatically fined $250, and anyone bringing a potentially deadly weapon, such as a two-by-four, steel chair, lead pipe, or what have you in the ring, will be automatically fined $500. And that does include my baseball bat. It's history. The Tennessee toothpick I'm talking about. I expect these rules to be followed so we can return to competition where men can settle their disputes like men. And there you have it. Those are rules. They're the ones we'll be going by from now on. With me, John. Well, so we just turned back the clock. It's 1995, yeah. but we're going back to 1992 rules here in the initial Smoky Mountain when we had rules back then. Doc, what do you have from this? What a, To quote the... The Grateful Dead, what a long, strange trip it's been. Yeah, we just dialed it back uh, 36 months, and we are back to wrestling the way it used to be and the way we like it. <laughs> um, man, if you go back and for the for the video, folks, and, and just give me a shot of Bob standing there. I want to speak to that. Yeah, let's go ahead and go forward a little bit. There, there we go. There. That is everybody our age's grandpa. Yep. In the South. So all my friends in the Smoky Mountain, that's that's if you're if you're in the South, that's our grandpa if you're in your forties, back when you were a kid. <laughs> the big oversized glasses, the hat that's like not cool at all, the shirt that's but look at those forearms and he could still like get it on if he had to one last time he could he could get on one last time and whoop somebody's ass <laughs> and he's like oh. he's always questioning you his grandkid what you know how to do and not know how to do so that he can yell at his at his son or daughter for not teaching you those things what do you mean you don't know how to change a tire you're six people five years old and older need to know how to change a tire you don't know how to change right. a tire by five you're a waste what's wrong with you boy you're over at the house. It's like, their house. It's like you. How come you ain't taught him how to change the tire yet? And you're like, oh shit. Five year old boy, don't know how to change the tire. The hell, are you queer or something? Well, That's I, wouldn't what gone, I wouldn't have gone that far, but I'm glad to see that you have. <laughs> That's okay. what they, I'm, bro. You know them old old men back in the '80s, and they said some wild stuff. That the world would shoot them into a sun into the sun now over. Oh yeah, it's good. <laughs> that, it's good that those people went ahead and died. They couldn't live. That's today. nice, Doc. God. Okay. What else you got from Bob here? Um, he did say that the Tennessee toothpick is now outlawed. Um, did he say that the um the racket was? No, I don't, he didn't hear. It. He didn't say it. Okay. I mean, it's the, the the racket is actually not the problem. It's the use of the racket. Yeah, but he outlawed no, no, no. the bat. Nope, nope. It's not the same. And I'll give you an example. The belt, a belt, a wrestling belt. Like you see the heavenly bodies right here on the on the Patreon video. Tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. You're going to ban belts? No. Yeah. 
you need to ban you need to ban the use of them and hitting them upside the head and find people. But the belt, so the belt's not the problem. It's the person using the belt. So no, he did not ban the racket though. And a bat is really a weapon. God, that's a weapon. Like a sledgehammer. That's the that's even worse. A sledgehammer is worse than a bat. I mean, you you can kill somebody with a bat, but a sledgehammer? Come on, man. Dumbest gimmick by in the, for the dumbest wrestler ever. Yes, now, sir. shall we proceed? Yes, sir. All right. Nothing else, though. Uh, do you like how Bullet Bob turned back the hands of time? Well, we're going to finish like we started, I guess. I guess so. That's where we're at right now with this promotion. Coming out of Commissioner Bob's, Bob Armstrong's prepared statement where he tells there's two new rules, striking officials and no use of deadly weapons, uh, which, you know, will produce a $250 fine and a $500 fine, respectively. Uh, we've had a bunch of people also find, as you saw there on the Patreon video. Um, we go now to the Heavenly Bodies and Jim Cornette for something to say in this episode. Me, General, uh, General Jim Cornette, the Heavenly Bodies, the new tenant, uh, Smoky Mountain Tag Team Champions. Well, you're having those flashbacks I again, aren't you? Man? 1969, you and Ron and Don Wright and Whitey Caldwell out of Chilhowee Park. Let me explain something right now. I'm, I'm rather upset. I was watching the monitor in the back there. I heard exactly what the thugs said. They said that they attempted to break the man's leg. I want you people to take a look at this. You see this right here? Dr. Tom Pritchard almost suffered a broken ankle. But thanks to me, I put him on an airplane to Houston, Texas, where he consulted with one of the finest orthopedic specialists in the history of medicine, Dr. Bill Gray, down there in Houston, who fitted him with a corrective orthopedic boot. That is the only way that they would allow this man to get back in a professional wrestling ring. The thugs came within that far of ending his career. But thugs, that far ain't good enough except in hand grenades and horseshoes. Because you didn't end his career. They're still the Smoky Mountain Wrestling Tag Team Champions. And as long as that boot is around his foot, his ankle is going to be well enough to get in that ring and do what we do best, and that's beat people up. But it's still a shame, a shocking incident for the thugs to be allowed to do something like that to a man on purpose and get away with a measly $1,000 fine, Jimmy. You're exactly right, Jim. It's a crime. The audacity of the thugs going after my partner, a great man that he is, trying to injure his ankle, trying to break his ankle. But if it wasn't for Dr. Gray, my partner wouldn't be here with me today defending these tag team titles here at Smoky Mountain Wrestling. And when are the thugs going to get another shot at these belts? Let me just say this. I've had all kinds of injuries throughout my many years of professional wrestling. But this by far was the most serious I've ever occurred in my career as a professional wrestler. Now let me just say this. A lesser man would have been confined to a wheelchair the rest of his life. A lesser man would have said no more. I've got to relinquish the belt and let him find another partner to go on. But you see, I'm not an ordinary man. I by far am not a lesser man in any degree you want to talk about. But I will tell you this. I went to my Dr. Bill Gray. He did fit me with an orthopedic boot, so I'm able to defend the, te- the Smoky Mountain Tag Team Championship. And as long as I have this boot 
on my foot. We're going to remain the Smoky Mountain Tag Team Champions for as long as we want. Let's go show them what we can do. We're going to show the thugs right now what the Heavenly Bodies are capable of. All right, the Heavenly Bodies, General Cornette on their way to the ring. Let's go Tommy Noy now. Doc, what do you have from this? Well, those uh, those robes are fantastic that they're wearing. Very Those nice. are some. There's something, man. I can. I'm trying to. There's wings on them, and just they're. I don't know. They're, they're heavenly bodies. They got wings yeah. on them. They're yeah. heavenly. They're just so good. I like the heavenly bodies because, like, Dill Ray can talk. Tom can talk. Corny can obviously talk. Dill Ray has gotten. I mean, he was goofy, but he's he's good. Doctor Tom's Doctor Tom. I, it's good to have them back, and I really like the, the potential. Even though we know we're coming to a brick wall here with them and the thugs. I think it was a longtime Patreon member Ben Martin on the Facebook group that said they are probably the best part of the end of Smokey, and he's right. I, if my memory's correct. Um, they really are like it, it stuff goes downhill, but the heavenly bodies coming back in a promotion that's dying or about to start dying and having its last breaths. Um, this, the, the heavenly bodies are, are, are much needed, um, to help <laughs> in that process or to help them not die as badly. I, I, I guess is what I'm trying to say. They're good. They're good. There's, there's, you know, they've been here essentially from the beginning. Well, at least Dr. Tom, episode 12 or whatever it was. Um, Cornette teased them from day one or episode seven. I can't remember the exact episode he brought them in, but you know what I'm saying. They're good. And uh, right there, there's some good storytelling. You know, they talk about Dr. Tom's been fitted with a special orthopedic boot so he can wrestle. I love how, you know, Corny explains how he's now able to wrestle after that vicious attack. Uh, where it wasn't as bad, now he's got this special boot to help him out in the ring. Good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. All right, anything else? Uh, let's go to the ring. The Heavenly Bodies wrestle Ron Davis and Chris Michaels. Um, Man, Chris Michaels looks like Rick Morton, dude. Um, yeah, I mean, the, 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 yeah, from especially from, from far away. From far away, I was thinking, man, they should just throw him in a tag team with Gibson and call him Sticky Horton. That's a nice doc. <laughs> Grow up. Grow up. I mean, come what? on. What? Sticky Morton. <laughs> um, I said Sticky Horton. Because, you know, oh, what was okay. that guy from Jack Pfeffer or whatever from Chicago in the old days that would have the guys that were, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, just a couple letters off that would be yeah. <laughs> dirty shyster carny work here's <laughs> hoot gibson and sticky horton sticky horton <laughs> all right so the match ends uh the heavenly bodies win with a double flapjack and then dr tom loads the boot and hits ron davis with it the bodies win pretty much with ease i don't have anything else from it doc did you much like we talk about in 1988 nwa if, why do the Russian assassins need to cheat to beat two jobbers? Why did the heavenly bodies need to cheat? Because they're heels. Okay. They can't do it honorably. That's that's the only reason I think. I mean, that's what it boils down to. So, 
Uh, any other thoughts, though, as we then go to a promo from Al Snow, who's still in the territory? I thought he was gone. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but he's got something to say. He does. So let's go to Al Snow, who's still here, and hear from him, see what he's got going on. Sensational Al Snow battling bad Brad Armstrong for the championship today. Let's get some pre-recorded comments from Al Snow. Normally, I enjoy the trials and tribulations of Smoky Mountain with a song in my heart and a smile on my lips. Get a close-up of the dimple. But things have been really hard on me for the past couple of months. And normally, Brad Armstrong, I'd have skipped right on past you. But people have called me, have given me notice of how disgusted they are that you are the Smoky Mountain Wrestling Champion. I can't ignore it. It's such a united front. People that normally can't agree on anything can agree on this subject. Mark Furman and Louis Farrakhan are figuring out a way that they can frame you for a crime so they can get that belt off of you. Anita Hill and Clarence Thomas have agreed to tour the lecture circuit to discuss the injustice that has taken place here in Smoky Mountain by you being a heavyweight champion. The Bosnians and the Serbs, the last peace meeting they had, the only thing they could agree on was that you needed to be executed for being Smoky Mountain Heavyweight Champion. Hell, last night, Vince McMahon and Eric Bischoff had a conference call with me saying, Al, we'll do anything we can to help you get him out of wrestling because he's such an embarrassment. I cannot ignore the united front that is taking place behind me. They are pushing me forward, Brad. I have no choice, so I am going to take you on today, and I'm going to take that belt, and if I don't take it, if I get hornswoggled one last time, and please, Brad, don't misunderstand, it's nothing personal, even though your father has been at every turn these past few months screwing me around, if I get screwed one more time, then I think Smoky Mountain Wrestling doesn't deserve the ultimate wrestler that I am, and I will leave by my own choice, so Brad, you be ready because I'm going to take that belt away from you and I'm going to prove to everybody else why I am the ultimate wrestler. I thought that was pretty effective, Doc. What did you think? It's so, so ludicrous and so awesome and so effective. And Mark Furman and Farrakhan and Bosnians and Serbs and Anita Hill and Clarence Thomas. And fucking Vincent Bischoff. Right. That was the one. That, I mean, he did say that, a lot of stuff, but that was the one I was like, whoa, okay. That one, that one popped me and just uh, that, that the Serbs and Bosnians have agreed that you need to be executed when they were over there doing some ethnic cleansing. So, you know, it's the kind of ridiculous exaggeration, much like my own heel character for the first three years of the show that makes wrestling just so much doggone fun. Okay. Oh, he calls it Brad was, Armstrong an embarrassment, and Snow says yeah. if he doesn't win, he's going to head on out of Smoky Mountain. He's going to do some social distancing. I get it. <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts on it, though? I thought it was good. I thought Brad was real I, thought, I mean, I thought Al Snow was good. I thought it was real good, too. I think we're going to see him later on in the show, get in the ring and mix it up. So uh, we'll get more Al Snow a little bit later in the episode. We are. We then go to Kessler's Corner, which is a segment where Chip Kessler will be interviewing guys in the ring. Uh, this week, uh, Chip Kessler is going to interview Buddy Landell. First, they go to the footage from Barberville, and we see, you know, Corny. Uh, this is where they beat down uh, Buddy Landell at the end, and, and they court-martial Buddy 
So basically, Buddy's out of the militia, and they beat down Buddy and all that good stuff. Uh, Buddy's left a bloody mess, and this was the official, I guess you can call it, turn on Buddy Landell after a bit of a tease for a few weeks. Doc, we don't really talk about uh, recaps or anything here, so I'm just going to assume you're good, and we can move to the uh, next segment of the show. Good call, pal. So with that said, let's go now to Chip Kessler, who is in the ring with Buddy Landell, looking very, very uh, stylish with his... uh, put his suit on let's hear what buddy's got to say um and what chip kessler's got to ask him pictures really right there tell the whole story well you know chip i've got nobody to blame but myself those were the friends that i chose to hang around with and after that beating i took bullet bob armstrong came out and he told me buddy when you lay down with dogs you're going to get fleas Well, Chip, let me tell you and everybody here one thing right now. I just went and got me a good dip. And I'm rid of them fleas. <laughs> you see, because Jimmy Cornette didn't like me coming out and talking about my drug and my alcohol problem years ago. He said that was too personal. But I thought I was proud of myself for conquering my worst enemy, which was myself. And I also thought that it would give somebody else out there that was in the same situation a little bit of hope. If Buddy Landell can make it, somebody else can too. Another reason why Jimmy Cornette didn't like me was because I wasn't a brain-dead idiot like Tommy Rich. Somebody he could tell what to do 24 hours a day. That's right. I'm my own man. Yeah, Jimmy Cornette, you put some knots and bruises on me. But let me tell you something. After conquering drugs and alcohol and getting my career back, Kicking your ass ain't going to be nothing. Well, because I'm talking Jimmy about. Cornette, you can't compare to the past that I've lived. I've been dressing in, in, in uh, uh, broom closets. I've been dressing with the referee. I'm a man all by himself. But Jimmy Cornette, let me tell you something. Buddy Landell's done a lot of things in the past, and I probably got a, a lot of for, a lot of people I've got to ask for forgiveness. But let me tell you something right now. When I, when I say I mean. And I'm telling you this right now, Jimmy Cornette, if I've got to be my own one-man militia, I'm going to do it, brother, because I'm the man that can get the job done. Because, woo, I'm the nature boy, Buddy Landell, and I'm not to be messed with. You've cost me two titles, Jimmy Cornette, with Shawn Michaels and with Brad Armstrong. We'll get to that later. I'm coming after you, Tommy Rich. Nature boy, Buddy Landell, here on Kessler's Corner. We'll be back right after this. That was another good one from Budro, Doc. What do you have? Yeah, I thought that was excellent. He called Tommy Rich a brain-dead idiot, which got some reaction. (laughs) Yeah, what were your thoughts on that? I want to hear it. Well, it's a good promo. What's he supposed to call his opponent that he's mad at? It bit his bloody head last week. I mean, why not? Um, I like the fact that because he's mad, they let the word ass go through. I like that. He's going to be kicking ass. Um, and then he wooed, which <laughs> doesn't – I popped on that when he gave us the woo. <laughs> that was good. That was good. I really did enjoy it. I thought Buddy was good. You know, it, it goes back to this thing, man. When you can feel a promo mm-hmm. to be real, you can be emotionally invested in it. And he says – After conquering drugs and alcohol, you know, you can basically conquer anything. 
I mean, so he's like, you know, there's nothing that can't be done once you've, once you've done that. And then he started, then he finished it with, he called him Tommy Richard, brain dead idiot was great. But then he says, I'm going to be my own one man militia. So, you know, he's like, I don't need you hooligans and you idiots. I can do this on my own. But I just thought the line, you know, going back to conquering drugs and alcohol, you can conquer anything. You know, I, I just, I the buddy was spot on again, man. Buddy's just tremendous. His second go around in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. And I'll leave it at that. Doc, anything else before we go to Tommy, Wildfire, Rich, and Jim Cornette? No, I thought that was really, really good from Boudreaux. All right, let's go to these two here. Uh, with Punisher standing by, but of course he doesn't talk. So here it is. The general and wildfire Tommy Rich and general, you've lost a member of the militia and may come back to no, haunt you. No, 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 Don't worry. Lost about a man. He never was. He only was was a loser. If it hadn't been for this man getting him out of the gutter, Buddy Landell would have never got to back to where he was. And as far as you and me, Buddy Landell, we go way back, don't we, brother? And I know what it all is between you and me. It's all a jealousy thing. See, when I used to come pick you up, you didn't have a car so we could make them towels from your mom and daddy's house. Well, they liked me a lot better than they did you. Then I went on and won the Georgia heavyweight title. You wanted that, you never got it. Buddy Landell, I was a world heavyweight champion. That's something you'll never be in your life. You'll be back in the gutter before you ever get that far. Let hmm. me just explain something to Buddy Landell, who seems to have gone off on a one-man crusade here. He acts like Oral Roberts up there or something. You know, Buddy, you didn't have to be a wrestler. You could have been a lawyer. The only problem was he never could pass the bar. <laughs> Buddy, you're a stinking, <laughs> low-life, slobbering drunk. That's all you've ever been, and that's all you'll ever be. I'm the one that bailed you out of trouble. I'm the one that bailed you out of jail before in the past. I'm the one that put up with listening to you say, blah, 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 blah. I straightened my life up. I found religion. I did this. I did that. Buddy, I'm going to tell you one thing right now. You have always screwed yourself up. You've always made your worst career choice. You've always made your worst decision, and you've done it again. When you crossed the militia and you got court-martialed, you screwed up again. I wouldn't be surprised if his wife didn't kick him out of the house again. He's probably sleeping in the doghouse, but you know what? I've seen his wife, and every time he sleeps at home, he's used to sleeping with a dog. And I'm going to say, Hold on. Commissioner Bob Armstrong is out here. This needs to go in the ring. This needs to go to the ring. Let me tell you this, buddy. This chair just cost you $500 fine. No, 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 no. I don't want you to pay it. I'm going to pay this fine for you. Because I got to see the beating you took. Maybe I should have been there. But the beating you took, you're much of a man just to be standing here today. But from now on, mister, you break the rules, you pay the price. You're gonna pay, he's going to pay your fine then. And there you have it from Commissioner Bob Armstrong. And we'll be back with more Smoking Out Wrestling action right after this. All Look right, at Doc. Look at that. Les has got a little bit of a mullet going on there. He needs to get that back of that hair trimmed up. That's a long hair for an old man like that. Yeah, he's got a little bit of fluff going on back there. Um, hey, you think Corny was stiff there or what? Little man, he popped me when he said he never could pass the bar. That was a good line. You See, remember Oral? You remember Oral Roberts? Yeah, but I remember that. Like that line, that one, did, that one popped me a little, but not that bad because I've heard that one before. But he really got me. When he told him he's used to sleeping with dogs, and you know, he sleeps with his wife every night. That's. 
Man, I thought I, the thing that I thought the thing about this is, and I don't know who knew about this in the stands or not, but watching it twenty five years later, that makes it great. Is that Buddy was real in the ring? You don't like you, but Tommy Rich was real, and Corny was real, and they got beef, and it all feels real. Why are you talking so, about it like it's real? Right, right. So Tommy's like, you're jealous of me because I won the Georgia championship and I used to pick you up. And, you know, he's he's basically saying I've always been a step ahead. And no, you, just, yeah, you and you got to give them credit. You got to give them credit for, for, for these last two promos with them right here. It, uh -huh. It's real. It's real. Yeah. yeah. Especially after they just beat him down. This, this is a real feud. This is real. There's some realness to it. There's some truth to it. They bring it up to drugs and alcohol there's a whole lot of real, real stuff going on here, and that's what makes it good. Mm -hmm. In agreement. Um, all right, what else you got from it? Well, I liked it. Man, that was a neat move when when uh, Buddy reaches straight for his pocket, like, fuck it, here you go, I'll hit him again. That was a really nice little subtle move, and then Bob went, no, no, I'll pay it. Because he's... He's still the grandfather. He's taking. He's not just the commissioner in the law. He's taking care of these guys. Let me tell you why I think that made sense, too, for Bob to say he would pay it. Do you hear when Bob said, I saw the beating you took? Now, yeah. while, while all those guys he feels, did get... He feel, he's, what, you're saying he feels a little responsible because as commissioner, he, he should have stopped that? I don't, I don't know. Not so much that as much as... Buddy got, we just, we saw the recap. We didn't really talk about it. We talked about it last week, but we saw the recap of what happened to Buddy when he got beat down in Barberville. I mean, he remember, he got busted open and bullet. They beat him down for four or five minutes straight, it felt like. So Bob's saying, look, I understand your anger. I understand your frustration. And they're out here running, they're flapping their gums again, out of place. You know, they're, they're, they're going off, you know, they're calling your wife a dog. And, you know, you used to sleep with dogs. Do you sleep with your wife? No, I understand why you were frustrated and he came out here and swung a chair twice. And he had punished her twice in the back. Punished her, no sold it, but that's a whole other story. Um, so I understand why Bob would say, nah, buddy, I got it. I did laugh, though. I did pop the very first time I saw this when Buddy was getting ready to go in the pocket to pay it. I thought that was hilarious. Mm -hmm. so, but no, this is It's, this, it's, it's this the good. little things that make it all seem. You ever been so hot? Somebody be like, fuck, we'll, we'll find you. Then you're like, here is was worth it. I mean, it was just so natural looking. Amen. Yeah, it was worth it. Well, we go from that segment, uh, some more to come between Corny, Budro, and Tommy Rich, to Robert Gibson. Um, this is a real quick segment. Robert Gibson says he noticed Chris Michaels earlier that Doc said looked like a young Ricky Morton or looked like a version of Ricky Morton. Gibson says he noticed Chris Michaels earlier and he said he wants to give him a chance to be his partner. And this starts the episodes where I think for a few weeks straight, we see Robert Gibson searching for a partner and he feels like a lost puppy dog in doing so. And that was my only comment as it's only about a 30 second promo. Doc, what did you have from it? Maybe he should get Barry Horowitz. Maybe so. Carl or call Styles. Dutch. See if Dutch can come back from Puerto Rico or something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, him and Styles. We're Styles. Him and Dutch are both hairy, so I'm sure they'd be okay. At least he's got pants on. He's got pants on in his promo and his shirt. So anything else from Gibson? Not really. We'll see where it goes. 
Uh, we then get Terry Gordy and Jim Cornette talking some noise in the back. Uh, I don't have any notes from it other than to say Gordy and Cornette talk about getting back at Brad Armstrong, and they claim Brad is not the rightful Smoky Mountain Wrestling champion. Did you have anything from it, Doc? No, it was fine for what it is. That's the only note I had. It was decent, but there was nothing really noteworthy from it. Yep, same thing. So then that leads us to the um, – Smoky Mountain Wrestling heavyweight title match, which is the main event of this episode, uh, which they they gave them a good bit of time. I mean, they they started with about eleven minutes to go in the episode. So we got Brad Armstrong versus Al Snow. Um, let me just say what I have, and then then I'll I'll get whatever you got. So Gordy, uh, as as this thing is starting to wrap up um, because it goes on for a while, Gordy makes his way to ringside and decides to put his you know put his hands on the Smoky Mountain Wrestling heavyweight title. Uh, no interference or anything. He's just got the title. Gordy waits for Armstrong to actually defeat Snow with the Russian leg sweep. And then Gordy gets in the ring with the belt. Bob Armstrong and Sandy Scott are in the ring also at the end. And they're like, you know, holding the guys apart, trying to keep the peace. Gordy eventually just throws the belt down at Brad's feet and powders out of the ring. I guess in a way to ceremoniously say, you know, I'm coming for that boy. You know, I mean, there's no other way for me to say it. Uh, Doc... I didn't really have too much else from the match because the whole thing to me was Gordy on the outside with the holding the belt like he, like he owned it. Um, I don't know. What did you have from it? First of all, are the these two guys are two of the poster boys for guys that are considered phenomenal in the ring and held back by their limitations on the mic. Yet we're going to hear two good promos from these guys. Oh, watch this. Bad camera work. Oh, when, when oh, Snow hit that. Oh, come yeah. on. Yeah, they missed whatever he did. He did some kind of springboard, and that was, yeah. That led to the finishing move, and they just showed Gordy outside instead <laughs> of it, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, B.A. gets the pin. But these are the two guys that are amongst those that are said, you know, could have been bigger stars if they gave better promos. And, and I, I think that's a little bit unfair to both of them, to be honest. Um. Let me let me get thirty eight thirty three real quick. I thought this was a nice move. Okay. I just want to show everybody that I am watching these matches, unlike Harper that just fast forwards through everything. Oh. Oh the yeah the that it looked like a belly to belly that turned into like a quasi choke slam. Yeah. Yep. That's a nice move. But yeah, I just I I enjoyed this match. I didn't take a lot of notes because it was just meat and potatoes, but it was a good match. That that was a nice suplex right there that we got just a few seconds after. We saw Brad's butt cheeks as Al picked up his pants. Um, But, yeah, I thought this was good, and I guess this does mean now that Al Snow is gone. He should be, but I can't remember. And like we always say with Boo Bradley, it's like, I'll be damned he's still here. Although I think Boo's gone, but I don't even know, to be honest. So I don't want to say it and, you know, all that stuff. Uh, you said something there. Breaking kayfabe here. Um, let's break a little kayfabe. Harper is the only guy who can not watch a wrestling show and yet still join the podcast and still could give you some gold. Am I lying? It, it fits in so perfectly with his worldview <laughs> of just kind of floating through life and just, hey, when he comes on every night before we hit the record, hey, I mean... This is just the next thing he's doing that day. Bruh. <laughs> you know, like, Bruh. I only watched the first 20 minutes. Bruh. I only got in 45 today. Bruh. I got 10 minutes today. Bruh. I watched the whole thing. I mean, his batting rate on watching the whole episode is maybe around the 50 percentile range. 
and you know you and i are like so do you want to do 645 or 7 or maybe go early or you know we'll go back and forth oh i gotta see let me let me talk to the wife all that kind of stuff he's just when he comes on with us hey that's the next thing he's doing today that's the next thing. <laughs> beholden to no one's calendar i don't even know what that world was like <laughs> Anymore. We uh, we should just be glad that we get him for the short, brief time that we do. <laughs> I don't think the people understand that. I don't either. When we, yeah, many times over the last few years, we come on here and been like, man, this show is always so just a, a sea hair away from rolling off the rails. Part of that <laughs> is, is that <laughs> I always, always prepare. And you could do a word count on this, but when it's no Harper, I have to talk more. And I always prepare like I'm going to have to talk more. And when he's here, it's a pleasant surprise so I can lay back some. You're going to lay out. <laughs> I don't think they realize it, man. <laughs> oh, we love him. We love him. Uh, but so be and it. it. And right. here's the other behind the scenes thing for this show. It took a long time to figure that chemistry out because – Harper lives in another state, so like it's not like like you and I knew each other before we started doing this. Yeah, but it took months for us to figure that kind of chemistry out, and our best show is still always with the three of us here. When Harper hasn't watched it, or maybe he has, it doesn't matter. Oh, that doesn't matter. That's not a, a determining factor. But our best show is with the three of us, and it's the most natural incarnation now. But it took a long time to get there. Bro, on a few weeks back on the NWA show, he went off in one episode on kids comparing. Hold, that's one of them. Fat broads to seagulls, and why you never feed the seagulls. And fat broads are like seagulls. He's literally his words, not mine. Everybody out there listening. And two, he went off on kids playing their Xbox and how the Xbox can't give them a little piece of snatch. So you got to turn it off and go outside and put some real clones on sometimes. And I can't do it justice. But he cut two promos in one episode that were tremendous. On an episode that he didn't watch, Doc. Premium content. That's Score. the type of stuff I'm talking about. Scoring when you don't have plays run for you. That's it, bud. All right. With that said, we don't have to rate this thing yet, but we do have one more promo to discuss from Brad Armstrong in this episode. Before I do so, I want to remind you, if you're not a patron... Please consider becoming one at tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. Great way to support this show. Get extra content. Get the video reviews that Doc and I talk about here where, like, you know, I've got the I've got a video version of this as we discuss it and we watch the promos and play the matches and all that stuff. Tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. That's tinyurl.com slash patreonbtt. Okay, Doc, uh, let's go to Brad Armstrong now. He's going to cut the last promo before we head off air this week. Here it is. With me, the Smoky Mountain heavyweight champion, Brad Armstrong. Brad, tough enough defending this title, but then Gordy comes out and uh, throws a whole new mix into this thing. Yeah, there seems to be some misunderstanding here between Jim Cornette and Big Bam Bam Terry Gordy as to who is the Smoky Mountain champion. Gordy says he is. It ain't gonna happen. Brad Armstrong's a Smoky Mountain title holder, brother. This, you've never beat me for this, but I'll tell you what, Gordy, I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to give you every chance you want, brother. Every time you see this belt, I'm going to be behind it. Every time you see me, you're going to see this. Bring your big bam bam self on, and let's see if you can take it away from me man to man. I don't see it happening. 
There you hear it from the Smoky Mountain champion. He says, Bam Bam, bring it on, and he will put it on the line for you. And we want to remind you that next week. All right, so, Doc, real quick, Brad was good. Brad told Gordy to bring it, pal. I'm not scared. I thought that was pretty damn good to close out the show. What did you have? Yeah, I liked it, and I liked the line. Every time you see the belt, you're going to see me behind it. That was a good line. He's good. That's a good catch. That was that was an excellent line. It really was. Uh, any other thoughts on it? No, I liked it, man. And, and, and again, he's winning by keeping it short and doing his job. So real quick, we made a comment about Boo Bradley. <laughs> Do you see who's on the screen? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Balls, balls, Mahoney will not leave the territory. It says next week on Smoky Mountain Wrestling, which is going to be episode 181, September 23rd of 95. We got Robert Gibson and Chris Michaels versus the Heavenly Bodies and the Punisher versus Boo Bradley. So stay tuned to see if that happens. Dude, it's crazy because it's September. If I would have asked you at the beginning of this, hey, how long does Boo Bradley stick around? You would have told me February of 95. Yeah. Seven months later, he's still here. Man. Oh, boy. Boo stuck around, man. Give him credit. He was involved in some good stuff, though, too, during during the promotion. And, you know, the whole thing with Candido him. Yeah. So, all right. Um... We do need to uh, do the disability checks and ratings and also give out the government cheese. Before we do the disability checks, remember, use our Amazon referral link. It's tinyurl.com slash Amazon. It's a great way to support the show without spending anything extra, and it kicks back a little bit of money into the show when you use it. Again, it's tinyurl.com slash Amazon. Please consider using it, and please give that link to the wives and girlfriends and spouses and boyfriends, whatever you have in your life. And tell them to use it every time they're on Amazon. There you go. All right, Doc, how many disability checks are you going to give this one? I kept waiting for this. I, I, you know, we talked about doing this episode this morning. We're like, hey, you know, we could knock out a show today. So I was like, man, dude, I don't want to watch this last 10. They're just depressing and sad. And This show was good. Yeah, I'm. I was. I was surprised that that here we are a few weeks after the Super Bowl, and we're like, man, that was a good episode. Yeah, so I'm gonna say eight point one. So I'm gonna give it an A minus. I thought it was fine. I mean, good promos, some in ring quality, in ring action. Yeah, I just, I, you know, maybe, maybe we're gonna have a a, a really graceful exit from the promotion. I wouldn't count on it. Wait till the little dude comes in near the end. God. And... <laughs> That's all. <laughs> There's some stuff near the end. It's just like, come on. <laughs> like a monkey flinging poo at the wall to see what sticks. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so Government Cheese Award. I'm going with Buddy Landell. Who are you going with? Hmm, that's an interesting choice. Um, in that, that is who I also selected. I when he wooed and gave you the talking about, you know, breaking up the breaking, you know, getting his life together. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave you with something this week that I that I bet you don't you don't remember about your first pass through this. True or false? We will go back to 
Wayne's car dealership before the end of this promotion with Buddy. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. I think so too. That's why I asked that. I think so too. And it it may be in the next week or two, but I don't one hundred percent remember. Yeah, I do remember it. Yeah. Okay. I think we go back to Wayne's car dealership. I don't remember if it was good or bad or what, but I think we go back to it. So that'll be great. All right, Doc. So before we get out of here, just a couple of quick things and uh, I got to go ahead and take care of. One, check out our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast with Joe Murata and Michael Quinn, the northern version of BTT, slightly classier, a little bit more professional, but still fun nonetheless. They support us, so please support them. And don't forget the ECW Bottom Line cast that is on our, uh, I'm sorry, the ECW Live cast that is on our Patreon feed run by Mike Pru and JV. They also do a Bottom Line cast on the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin that airs on their free feed. So there you go. Check them out as well. And again, like I said, lastly, become a patron. Tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. Definitely would appreciate it. Doc, I don't have anything else. Hopper's not here. So you know what we do? Um, usually, I'll have you hit the tagline when he's not here and take us home. Oh, book it, bitch. 